Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm really excited to have my guest, Erin Hayworth. She is the owner of Work With Process. So thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Nicole. Yeah. Um, And we were just chatting before we jumped on that you recently, you know, started your your business and left your line nine to five. So I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, So yeah, let's just kind of dive right into that. Like how long has it been? Um, And you know, what is your business? You know, who did it, who does it help? And you know, how'd you get started and all that fun stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually just recently left my nine to five, but I have um, been in business for a little over a year. I got my first client in September of last year, 2019. And um, like you said, my company is called Work With Process. And through that, I empower overwhelmed service-based entrepreneurs to take back their to-do lists and really find the joy and fulfillment in their business again, um, doing that through planning and implementing smart system solutions for their business and their lives. So most of the clients that I work with are online entrepreneurs, um, and most of them are actually also moms to small children. So... (laughs) They understand that chaos is in no short supply. And I know I have a, a little one that's about to be three. So I'm right there with them in, in the yeah. trenches. <laughs> um, but the way that I kind of got started in it, and, and you kind of have to understand a little bit about my background to kind of realize a little bit of a jump um, that this was. Um, entrepreneurship wasn't really a part of my life growing up. My parents were not entrepreneurs. I know so many people that say, yeah, oh, I was you know, born with it in my blood. The message that I got about work whenever I was growing up um, was really you work for somebody else 40 to 50 hours a week, and then you live your life in the hours that are left, and you raise your family, and, and you do all those things. You kind of become what you see, and at that time, entrepreneurship really wasn't something that um, I was seeing in, in my life. So um, from a kind of an early age, I really started rallying against the idea of working for someone else because I didn't really like doing what somebody else wanted me to do. And that may have just been the teen angst part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It kind of lasted beyond beyond my teenage rebellious years. Um, But I did did start working for other people um, for the first 15 years of of my career. And it's now been more like 17 years of my (laughs) career, I guess. Um, And I say career loosely because um, I did all sorts of things, not the the least amount related to entrepreneurship or business systems. (laughs) Um, I mean, I worked in food service. I worked at a tire shop. I worked in music management. I did credit rehabilitation for a while, um, bartending, managing, things like that. Um, But the kind of the, the piece that changed it all was I got a position as a virtual operations manager for a boutique branding consultancy. Um, and I was there for almost five years. And while I was there, I kept taking on more and more and really figured out that I was great at conceiving and implementing these systems and automating processes. 
while still having to focus on like the client experience and the journey part of it and making sure that the clients were happy and it, I wasn't just sitting behind a computer and playing with tech all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also used um, all the things that we were doing in marketing and branding as I was creating those systems as well. So it was kind of pulling all of these different pieces from all these different experiences. And while I was doing that, I was also um, supervising a small team and kind of running the daily tasks of the company. So that kind of set me up for, there's this new way of working that I wasn't really open to or, or didn't know about before. Uh, I guess I was kind of late to the, the online business uh, world because um, it was really in 2013, I guess, whenever, or 2014, whenever I was really, my eyes were opened to it. Mm -hmm. um, but then around March of last, no, yeah, last year, 2018, I'm already living in 2020. So right. <laughs> I know it's like right around the corner. So I hear you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I really, uh, around March of 2018, I really started to feel pull on my heart to have um, a little bit more freedom with my time. I, like I said, I have a young daughter wanting to spend time with her and really watch her with all those different milestones. Um, but there was also this piece where I really wanted to have control over what I was focusing on and who I was working with. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the first time that entrepreneurship really felt like a legit possibility, right? Um, so I was really drawn to work with online entrepreneurs in a new way. Um, I knew that I needed to draw on my online marketing knowledge that I had been building up, um, this insatiable love and knack for systems, um, and just my passion for supporting women in business and really helping them succeed. So I, um, kind of what came out of that, I started doing lots of digging and research and, you know, kind of go going down the rabbit hole of the internet because you can find pretty much anything you want to know on the internet. Yeah. Um, and a lot Good of and bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what I was seeing was a lot of entrepreneurs, especially moms who were saying they really had no control of their to-do list anymore, that their mm -hmm. business was running them rather than the other way around. And looking a little deeper into that, um, what they were really spending their time on wasn't necessarily the things that were moving the needle. So they were doing these things, but not seeing the results mm -hmm. um, for, you know, for what they were really wanting to do. And I realized that a lot of those things that they didn't need to do were either completely unnecessary, um, could be automated, could be outsourced, um, or that they were jumping around from task to task and just not working very efficiently. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap. No, I'd love um, to hear about it though. It's a great, great book. Um, but in there, the, there's this idea of a zone of genius. There's four different zones he talks about, but there's this idea of a zone of genius, which is the idea that there is kind of a sweet spot of things that you love to do and that you're really great at. And that's where you should be sp spending kind of the majority of your time. Mm -hmm. so that makes that, sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because that's where you're going to have the most, um, you know, really the, the most draw and the most um, effectiveness, to be perfectly honest. And so um, I, I really took that to heart and started internalizing it. And I started intentionally setting aside time every week to learn and to iterate and test out and kind of do the work of starting this business. Keep in mind <laughs> that um, at this time, I had a one and a half year old daughter 
um, a full-time job. Um, we owned a house. Um, I have husbands that, you know, trying to work on making sure that everything with that relationship maintains, you know, great standing. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I had a lot of other things going on, but I really was just, this was so important to me to, in order to move forward that I really had to just set the, set the time aside and, and really make it a priority. Um, but one thing that I kind of refused to do was to get stuck in the trying to learn everything and never actually making any, any headway on implementing. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the balance piece that I was able to find with that. I did lots and lots and lots of mindset work. Um, not only, you know, as, as female entrepreneurs, especially, you know, we, we often just want to like help as many people as possible and really serve people. But mm-hmm. if we don't have the, you know, the finances to make that a sustainable endeavor, you're going to crash and burn. So I had to do a lot of money mindset work as well. So that's kind of how all of this morphed into uh, where I am now. Um, and I did, I just left my nine to five um, very, very recently, but that was in large part to kind of push me to the next, push me to the next level. That's awesome. I, I'm so happy for you that you were able to leave. Um, I, and I just, I love everything that you said. It, it made me think of, you know, like me as a kid, like my dad worked until the day he died. I mean, you know, like that was like the example that I saw too, you know, I was like, that's just what you do. You go to college, you work like yeah. for whatever amount of years until you retire. And I didn't like that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's like no fun. Who wants to do that? But I mean, you know, of course, like you, like right out of college, took a job and I learned some great things. Um, but then like shortly after that, like a few years into that, it was luckily my husband wanted to start a small business. So we started a farm and brewery, which looking back, I mean, we were in our twenties, no kids. So it was great. But I mean, farms don't make yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so many like life lessons in that experience that we did for seven years. But, um, yeah, I love that it like pulled on you too. Cause yeah, I was the same way. Um, and then like, I love what you're doing now because as business owners and like you said, as moms, like there is so much to do and there's so many different things pulling at us, you know, between running a business, a marriage, kids, our own lives, you know, like, so to be able to implement and, and do these processes is a lifesaver. Like I'm so happy that you're providing that for people is amazing. Yeah, it's it's been really awesome just kind of taking my ideas and implementing them and seeing them, you know, help help women, which was my overall goal. Yeah, yeah, cuz it's it's so easy to get kind of like stuck in a rabbit hole of, you know, being busy but not productive. Like I know I, you know, I have to catch myself cuz it's like all right, I have this amount of time just, you know, what you're doing isn't really a priority. But it is, it goes back to like the mindset, like you said, like, and I didn't realize how important like our mindset is with all of these things until like somewhat recently I I enrolled in, um, James Wedmore's business by design and yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And so like the first like three modules have like nothing to do with business. Like it's all about your mindset. And it was like so cool just to see and like have all these like, Oh God, doing that wrong for years, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, so I couldn't agree more that like, it really starts there. Like that's the foundation because it's really hard to, to get to that next level with, without having that, that in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you hit a ceiling without, without doing that. You know, you can get it to a certain point, um, you know, just 
pounding the pavement and everything like mm-hmm. that, but to really kind of level up and, and really take it as far as possible. You really got to get your mind right. Yeah, totally. And then like, I just, you know, recently he's been talking about like money mindset and, you know, mm-hmm. how it's an energy source. And, and I never really thought of it that way. Um, and it's just, you know, it, you know, a lot of the different things in our lives, not money only, but other things, you know, just like, it's, you know, you kind of attract what your, your vibration is and like these different things. And I don't know, like I grew up in a very like conservative Catholic house, so we never talked about stuff like this. Right. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's really interesting to like, even think of them in, in that kind of way, you know? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite money mindset people is Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, and she has, um, a book called get rich, um, lucky B. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, it was probably one of my favorite things, my favorite books to read about money mindset. Awesome. I'll have to check that out too. Yeah. You like two books. Sorry. Like I want to start a book club too, because I get so many great recommendations on this podcast about, you know, tons of business books, but also just like cool, like you don't have to think, you know, kind of like interesting books. So that's like yeah. my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. I actually set a goal this year to read 25 books. And for, for anybody that's single is like, oh, that's no big deal. But whenever you, you've got a, um, a toddler running around and the time to actually like sit down and read is pretty limited. Right. Um, yeah, no, totally. You know, that's, that was a, that was a stretch goal for me this year. So yeah. Are um, you on track? I am. Um, oh, good job. I think I've got seven books left uh, right now. So that's awesome. Good for you. Um, I have two kids. One is my daughter's nine. My son's six, and same kind of thing. Like I don't know if it ever yeah. gets any easier. Like any of their stages, because like right. they just always something to do. Yeah, they just require different things. At yes, different exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, awesome. So yeah, kind of leading into that next question, you know, like how do you balance your work in life? Like, do you have any tips for that or any hacks that you love or, you know, all yeah. of that good stuff? It's so funny because, you know, the idea of a work-life balance has been a huge buzzword for as long as I can remember about anything, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or working um, yeah. in the corporate world. Um, but something that I was really kind of reflecting on, especially as an entrepreneur, your work is a large part of your life. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of dividing your time and attention up in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're ultimately failing in one or more parts of your life is kind, right. of, kind of what we're going for there. You know, giving equal amounts of time and energy to all these different parts um, kind of feels uh, not negative necessarily, but kind of draining. If I think about it in a way of if I invest my time and my energy in my family, then I'm able to be less guilty and, and more um, aware in my work, especially since I work with other women that are usually moms as well. Like I, I really get into the, the mindset of everything that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I can spend time doing work and really prioritizing that knowing that I'm setting up a, a really great example for my daughter as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, I think, a little bit of reframing and how that whole work-life balance happens. But there are definitely some things that I've, I've figured out um, that work really, really well for me. Um, so the first part is really just being intentional and setting yourself up for success. So being a total type A systems person, I schedule it. So... <laughs> Every single Sunday, I sit down and determine what I need to do that week in all areas of my life. So it's Mm -hmm. not just my, you know, the work task, but it's also 
certain things I need to do for the house or for the family, my daughter, my husband, family events. I even schedule my self-care. Um, awesome. So yeah, so I do, <laughs> I do that. Um, and then from that weekly list, I really start dividing it down into individual days and kind of assigning things. I try to keep my major goals, you know, for each day down to like three main things that I want to accomplish because anything more than that. And I've found that I either don't get it done or it just becomes overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, but that weekly list also ties back to my monthly goals that I review once a month. And that monthly list ties back to my annual goals, which I review every quarter or so. So I'm really being intentional about how I'm spending my time to get to those long-term goals. Um, and, uh, one thing that people have kind of called me a little crazy for, um, I get up at five 30 every morning. So I can have quiet time in the house Mm -hmm. to get at least an hour of content written or some other kind of deep creative work before the sun comes up and my daughter wakes up. Um, and right now we're actually living with my parents while we're building a house. And so the house is more crowded and busy the later it gets. Right. So that that kind of morning time is absolutely necessary. You know, starting my day with something deep and creative and then I get to have family time before Nora goes to school. That's my daughter. And then I go do something like a run or exercise. If I can get all that done by 9 a.m., the rest of the day is a breeze. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I've accomplished quite a bit and I've touched on these at least three different things that I feel like needs to happen. Work, you know, family time and, and self-care or my well-being. Um, but I will add a disclaimer. I have played around with my schedule quite a bit. And what works for me now would not have worked for me two years ago. <laughs> and it's probably not going to work for me in a couple of years whenever my daughter realizes, oh, mommy gets up at 5.30. I can get up and have more time you know, to hang right. out. <laughs> um, but you know, experimentation and, and evolution is definitely a big piece of it. Yeah, um, totally. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second thing to really help with work-life balance is asking for help. And um, so on those Sundays, whenever I do my list, I also do a check-in with my husband and my mom um, to see who's going to take my daughter to school and pick her up every, you know, each day for the week. Um, I ask for time to get out of the house alone. I ask for time to go take a bath or go for a run or whatever, well, you know, whatever I might need. And now because it's a habit, I don't feel guilty at all about asking for that time. So yeah. I'm able to kind of circumnavigate the mom guilt or the wife guilt or the my house is a complete mess guilt, whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just less guilt. It's so yeah. good. Um, and then I think the final thing is just really giving yourself some grace and being willing to be flexible. No, and just knowing that things are going to come up and you have to respond to them in real time. I mean, kids get sick. My daughter got sick this past week and a whole day that I had scheduled to work was then scheduled to taking care of her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just being able to be flexible. I mean, the power goes out, internet fails, plans fall through, people cancel meetings. So those are kind of like the negative things that could come up, but then also new exciting opportunities can arrive as well. So you just really have to be open to being flexible and also giving yourself a little bit of grace if you're not able to knock out every single one of the things that are on your to-do list or if if you do spend you know most of your week working just knowing that that's the kind of season you're in mm-hmm. and that it doesn't mean that you're 
a bad mom, a bad wife or any of those things. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like I love two of the things you talked about <laughs> um, <laughs> and all of them really, but like the grace one that you just chatted about is it, it like that really hit home because like I, my, where I'm at right now, I wasn't a few years ago and it's a lot busier for right now. And I can mm-hmm. feel that it's like something big is about to kind of happen. So it's taking a little bit more time than normally would for, you know, and so like the mom guilt is like, oh my God, I'm working a lot more than I have, but it's hard sometimes to remember that like, okay, this isn't always going to be like this. Like this is a very short season to get to where like it's going to be beneficial for all of us. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to remember that. So it's like, it's been, it's so great having like such a great, you know, um, group like Amber's group and we can all talk and like the accountability and just like other moms that are going through this, like being able to share these stories has been just amazing. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't feel alone, you don't feel like, oh, I'm the only one that's totally failing as, as a human being. Right. right now. So. Exactly. <laughs> when in reality, none of us are, but it's like, I don't right. know, it's, it's so easy to get inside your own head, you know? And so, yeah, that's been amazing. And then the second one I loved yeah, about your schedule, because um, about two years ago, I was getting up at like 4.35 and, you know, I loved it. Like you said, the house is quiet. Like it just starts your day off in such an amazing tone. Like it it just sets Mm -hmm. like the rest of the day, but, um, I have not been in that schedule for probably close to a year. Now we, we moved to North Carolina and then we moved back like a year later. So we're in Oregon now and just a lot of different life things. Like I kind of got out of the habit and, um, I've been, it's been like really pulling on my heart to start that again, but I just have not been able to, um, but this conversation today might change it. Like I'm (laughs) for like Monday, like, all right, I'm getting up at five. Like this is, because yeah, it does. It, it just works better. Family life's better. Like, you know, I can, like you said, go run or do something like that. Um, so that was just awesome. Yeah. I feel like I just needed to like hear that again. Like, okay, do it. Like finally do it. <laughs> well, and I love it because I have a, uh, an excuse to go to bed at like 8.30 every mm-hmm. night. It's so good. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't really need to watch reruns on Netflix. Right. I have to go to bed so I can get up at 5.30. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that, all the mindset, like it all has its parts, you know, it all kind of equates back to that. Like, all right, what can I do now to make tomorrow better, more productive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, okay. So what are your like favorite go-to apps, automation, anything like that, that you use to help your business thrive? Gosh, I kind of feel like this question was made for me. I mean, I'm <laughs> the systems queen, right? No. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know you have all your lists too. I was like, oh man, she is on it. Like I'm going to have to start making like monthly goals. <laughs> like I have like, I'm a little more, I don't even know what I am. I'm definitely not a, so I like, I plan things, but I'm not super crazy detailed. <laughs> Yeah. But I think well, I need more of that. Like <laughs> I say, I say type A, but I don't really like put myself in any given like a category. That's just something that um, people can easily like identify me with. Right. I'm definitely like the details person, but I'm able to kind of see the big picture and how those details play into the big picture. My question, whenever anybody comes up with a new idea is how, right. <laughs> like, so I'm like, all right, so let's start planning all this out. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, um, anybody really fits any one category right. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I really, I really love the question about apps and automation because automation just makes me giddy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people that's like spreadsheets make me happy. Automation <laughs> makes me giddy. Um, 
But one of my favorite tools to use is Zapier. Um, and it, I, I mean, I could spend hours and hours and hours in there connecting different softwares and just, it's like setting up dominoes, you know, how you set up the domino trains mm-hmm. and it goes all over the place and you push one domino and they all fall down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Zapier's like for me. Um, <laughs> but really, um, a large part of what I use to run my business every day, um, and that includes automatic workflows and scheduler and invoicing and everything is Dubsado, not an ad. Um, but, um, I have found out that it's the best system for where I'm at and my needs at this stage of business and really, really love it. Um, and one of my favorite parts of what they do is they really listen to their users and are constantly releasing new features and updates and stuff like that. Um, I've heard great things about them. Like I I really, it's been on like my to-do list to like you know, research a little bit more and like actually get involved with it because I really have heard just awesome things. Well, they have a free trial too. So. Oh, well, hello. That's even yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're on the fence, definitely go yeah, and totally. with a free trial. Awesome. Um, and then I use a combination of paper planner and like a digital calendar. I use Google Cal and iCal to kind of mm-hmm. schedule out my weeks. Um, so that's, I mean, I feel like I should have more like, this is the latest on this, but I'm not great at like trendy apps. I like my whole philosophy is there's not one right tool for every single person, Mm -hmm. you know, in every single business. It's really about figuring out what your goals are, what your budget is, what your business model is, and then figuring out what tools can best help you get you to your goals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like that with different things too, you know, because I mean, I help small businesses with their marketing and it is, you know, there's a lot of the same tools that are used, but it's like, I mean, it does depend on like what your goals are. Like, what are you trying to go for? You know, it's like that Mm -hmm. foundation that needs to be set before you kind of, you know, just don't go use the tool just because everybody else is using it. That might not be useful for you at all, you know? So why waste your time? Or money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I feel like there's a little bit of um, FOMO with, with, Oh, there's, there's a new app release or there's a new tool or something like that. And we, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm drawn to these new things and mm-hmm. how they might be better than the things I've already got. But, um, you know, really taking a good, hard, more objective look at things is usually going to be better in terms of, you know, budgeting and, um, you know, what, what's ultimately going to get you the results you want. Totally. Yeah. Um, so what do you do to help your business grow? You know, how do you get out of your comfort zone? Um, do you have any examples of that? And was it scary? You know, all of that, that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I think anytime anybody gets out of their comfort zone, get pushed out of their comfort zone, it can be scary. Totally. Um, but, um, I think there's really like two kind of main things here. Education for me is absolutely key. And -hmm. I don't just mean like formal, you know, graduate level education or anything like that. Um, there are a lot of people who have done what I'm trying to do, and quite a few of them have written books or host podcasts or put on conferences or host programs or mentor one-on-one. So I really try to prioritize learning new skills or information on a weekly basis. So um, I mentioned my book goal. So I listen to mm-hmm. audiobooks in the car or while I'm running. Um, it gets my mind off the fact that I'm running because right. I actually hate running, but <laughs> I love having time to listen to my audiobook. So that's how I coach myself into doing that. Um, I'm, art, I'm part of a, the business mastermind group, Amber's Inner Circle, uh, Amber House's Inner Circle. Um, so, you know, that's kind of another way that I educate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I actually schedule a three-hour block a week. It's usually on um, Friday mornings, um, specifically just to dig into some sort of new thing that I want to learn. Um, so I don't have to worry about trying to find things as I go throughout the week. I can really focus on delivering the different things that I need to deliver, knowing that I've got specific time set aside just for kind of digging in and figuring out, oh, what is that new app or what? Is, you know, what's the best marketing technique for? doing a, a video series. That's something I'm looking into right now. So nice. right. Um, I actually hired a coach. So one of the scariest things I've done in terms of education, I actually hired a coach before I had ever made my first dollar before I ever had my first client. And that was a significant investment for me. It was about $5,000. Um, and it was a significant investment for me, but it was also a significant investment for my husband because we were having to pull from our savings. And mm-hmm. that. So that was super scary because I wasn't only, you know, letting me potentially letting me down, but me potentially letting my husband down and, you know, not being able to, um, you know, repay that money and, and get that return. Right. Um, But the way I kind of got over that was that I told myself that I was going to more than earn back that investment and that there was no plan B. Like that was my only option. Like Mm -hmm. that's how we have to move forward. I was going all in um, on that dream and wasn't going to stop until it succeeded. So as someone who likes control like, <laughs> a lot, um, that really helped me kind of make, make that jump. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Investing is scary. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it pulled like the, like I said, uh, business by design, it's, you know, it's a hefty investment for a year. And, uh, I don't know, I really pulled at some feelings that I didn't even really realize were there, you know, until like, <laughs> it was like, I don't know, just taking that leap, but yeah, it's, totally worth it. Like it's, it's been amazing, but, um, just that first step is, is scary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but I was starting to project my own insecurities. Um, like anything my, any, any of my family members would say anything that wasn't like a thousand percent positive And they just mm-hmm. like ask a question or something like that. I would be like, you don't believe I can do this. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's this like sense of de- like you get defensive. Yeah. I was the same right. way. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, but the, the second thing that, um, kind of has helped my business grow and really pushed me outside my comfort zone is really taking action. So, um, there are dreams that I have that turned into goals and now I need to make them reality. Um, for example, a goal of mine, this is very, very recent, like this week kind of a thing. Uh, a goal of mine is to become a sought after well-known public speaker. And I used to have a problem saying that because it sounds, um, a little conceited or like, I want to be in the spotlight, but I'm owning it. Um, but I really wanted to create experiences for people that really leave them energized and inspired. Like that was my kind of my why as to why I was going to put myself up on stage in front of people and potentially embarrass myself, but I really wanted to create these experiences. So, um, I did some research and then, um, about two weeks ago, my opportunity arose, um, a, well-known, a well-known conference in Palm Springs, put the call out for submissions for speakers. Um, and I put together my submission and as I was getting ready to hit submit the wave of, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> and that fear kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. So I like sat back and I was like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And whenever I realized I could totally live with that scenario, the worst thing that could happen if I submitted and I didn't get it, right? Right. Um, what's, or I submitted and I did get it and then I get up on stage and make a complete fool of myself. Okay, can I live with those things? Yep. And so I clicked, clicked the button. 
So um, I've, there's also this piece of, you know, I've spoken to kind of some smaller groups and I would get kind of nervous and really fidgety and stumble over my words and really worry about looking stupid and then end up looking stupid because I was so worried about looking stupid. <laughs> um, but the one thing that has helped me kind of get more comfortable speaking in front of people is realizing it's not about me. Mm-hmm. I think we all have this idea that, oh, they're going to, they're going to see that one mistake I made, or they're going to, you know, no, most people aren't paying that much attention to you. They're paying that much attention to themselves. Right. That's who we are as humans. Um, but also kind of having that idea, it's not about me. It's really about giving this information to, or, or giving this experience to these people who need it. So if you, if I kind of switch the script and I'm just like the vessel that needs to, um, you know, give this to the people that need it. That was so much less pressure because I was, wasn't worried about the way my hair looked or if I said the wrong word or, you know, something stupid like that. It was, am I going to deliver this information so that they get the insights and the ahas that they need to help them move forward? So that that's also really helped as well. Um, and the scariest thing I've done, the most out of my comfort zone thing I've done was leaving my nine to five. Yeah. Um, I really realized the hours that I needed to work nine to five and run my own business and be a mom and a wife and all the other things just wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. not to do all of those things. Well, so I made the decision to leave my nine to five and really put those hours to my business in those other roles. And it was totally terrifying because I'm surrounded by family and friends still to this day who pretty much only work nine to five jobs or corporate jobs for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not saying everybody should go out there and quit their nine to five to <laughs> make their business grow. Um, the circumstances that we're now in really um, has led both my husband and I to kind of say, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. So, and again, it kind of came to that question, what's the worst thing that could happen? And, and if that happened, how I would respond. So that's right. a little bit of, of how I kind of push myself out of my comfort zone <laughs> and how scary it's been. Yeah, no, that is scary. Cause I mean, you're leaving the security, you know, of yeah. a paycheck. Um, and then you're just leaving, you know, I mean, there was different seasons where, you know, we work way more than nine to five, you know, and so there's all these other aspects of it. Um, but yeah, that is, Awesome. Like, I'm so happy for you. That's great. Um, oh, and then what you. you said about like speaking, I, I don't think, you know, like you said, like people think like, you know, self-centered or wanted to do this or whatever, but not at all. Like you can tell the the passion that you have for this and helping people to get to that next spot. And I just think that's amazing. You know, and you, like you said, you want to create these experiences and these people, you know, even if it's like one that walks away with everything that you said and implements it, like that's reason right there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's taken a lot of mindset work to be able to get to this point, by the way. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Awesome. So do you have any tips, like um, quick tips on how any business owners can break out of their comfort zone? Yeah. Yeah. So um, first of all, you, you totally already know what you want out of life, whether at a conscious or subconscious level, if you're going to break out of your comfort zone, it's going to need to be in pursuit of something that you really want. So my first tip is to really like make decisions before you're in the situation where a decision has to be made. For example, if your goal is to go live on Instagram every day for seven days, and that's really scary for you because you don't like kind of being visible, 
put it on your calendar and make it a non-negotiable. Don't wait until like Monday at three o'clock to decide if you want to go live or not, or you feel like if you feel like it or your makeup and hair are done or anything like that. If your goal is to speak at a large conference, for example, <laughs> decide ahead of time that when they open submissions, you're going to click submit within the first 36 hours of submissions and just be done with it. Yeah. Like, don't allow yourself to overthink it. Don't give yourself the window to do it. Um, my second uh, tip is to really understand, again, that it's not about you. Your business really isn't about you. It's about mm-hmm. those that you're serving and you're just there to ensure that they get what they need. Um, and then probably my, my last one, and I know failure and reframing failure has been like a total buzzword. And there are plenty of people that have like created entire businesses about reframing failure, but it works so well. So um, before you do anything, decide that no matter the outcome, you're going to take something valuable from it. So mm-hmm. if you succeed, awesome. You got what you were looking for. If you don't meet your goal, ask yourself, what did you learn? And I don't mean this in a way of that most people say, you know, oh yeah, well, I learned a lesson. No. What did you learn about yourself, about your market, about your product, about your service, about your audience? Like mm-hmm. any of those things, get super granular and pragmatic and concrete about it. And then use it. Don't just say, oh, okay, I learned this. You actually have to turn around and use that to help you shift and pivot your strategy and then keep going. Yeah. So those are kind of my three tips for comfort zone breaking and being able to move forward and not letting fear kind of totally paralyze you. Because <laughs> it can. It's so easy <laughs> yeah. to let it. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love what you said about the failure because I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just a different way. Like people, we look at it as a failure, but it's really a way of like, okay, so I wasn't like, you know, talking to my market the way that I should have. Like it was something wasn't catching. So what can I yeah. learn from this to change it? You know? And I mean, I don't know. Failure is just, it's, it's, it seems like it's so hard to bounce back from sometimes, but yeah. Like you said about leaving your job, like what's the worst that could happen? You know, like life does go on. Like we just, I think we sometimes get in our head and we overthink things and you know, there's ways to, to just keep going really. Yeah. Well, and, um, I'm reading Marie Forleo's new book, um, everything is figure outable right now. And one of the, the pieces that she said that is so, so memorable is um, she had a guest on her um, uh, online TV show. And the person said that people can't be failures. You can have failures, but people can't be failures. And I think so many times we internalize and personalize the things that we do right or wrong mm-hmm. and, and use those things to define us um, because we, we draw our worth from what we're able to do for, you know, the world or others, or, you know, how, how well we're able to be productive and things like that. So if you can kind of separate yourself from that and say, I failed at this, not I'm a failure, then I think that also is just a a mindset way of looking at it. I loved that, that, that she said, you know, people can't be failures. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. I, I, I saw, I think it was Amber actually, that took a picture of that, um, on Instagram recently. Like I have that on my to read lists. Like I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, so lastly, your five favorites, um, your favorite book, your favorite drink thing to do to relax, um, watch and your favorite place to go. Um, so <laughs> I, I had, a, I had to like put categories because, 
Um, I mean, narrowing down your favorite book is like the hardest thing to do. So as of today, September, 2019, my, um, favorite fiction book is Lindsay Kelk's I Heart New York. It's like one of my guilty pleasures. Um, oh, fun. My favorite nonfiction right now is Michelle Obama's Becoming. I read it at the beginning of the year and I just, I keep coming back to it cause it's so good. Um, my favorite drink, again, I did categories with this, alcoholic <laughs> I <drink>. love it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm like, how detailed would you like me to get? Um, <laughs> my, my favorite alcoholic beverage is white wine. Um, mm-hmm. I love a good Chardonnay or a Pinot Grigio. Um, and then non-alcoholic, I love Starbucks's soy green tea lattes. Like Those are my, my treats. Like I'm going to go get something from Starbucks and that, like, that's what I get. Oh, yum. I have not tried that. Um, oh, but so good. <laughs> I'm going to have to try it. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess, well, I should have said it in the beginning of the show and because after we just chatted about it, disclaimer, I'm so sorry that you weren't able to get your champagne in time, but... Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it later. It's yes. <laughs> I'm excited for that. So the bubbly white one, yeah, I hope <laughs> I hope you love it. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be great. Again, right up my alley. So yeah. Well, hopefully I'll come um, in today and you can have it for like a nice Friday night or even tomorrow. So yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so my favorite thing to relax, um, I've started doing, and so naps are totally the thing that I used to do as a little kid and did not understand how awesome they were. And then as an adult, you realize, I wish I could take a nap every day. So oh, yeah, that's one of, one of my goals as an entrepreneur is to take a nap every day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, and they're good for you too. Like they, they really are. Like health wise, like there's studies done. Like we should all take naps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But on days where I'm just like, okay, my schedule's super busy. I don't have time to take a nap. I will do um, a 20 minute yoga nidra, guided mm. yoga nidra, or um, the other thing that I love to do, and I do on a weekly basis. I actually schedule it. Um, is taking a hot bath by myself for like an hour and a book, and yeah, glass that of wine. That's awesome. I although I think you're the first person that's told me that they schedule it, but I think it's awesome that you do that because you stick to it. That's great. Yes, Sunday afternoons after I get done with all of my scheduling, I'm like, all right, I, I see what I've got coming up this week. I need to go take a bath. Yeah, and relax. exactly. <laughs> that's um, awesome. So my favorite thing to watch right now is Downton Abbey. Um, I'm actually rewatching the entire series for the third time in preparation for going and seeing the new movie. Um, mm. but you know, a little farther into the fall, it's totally going to be Grey's Anatomy. I love mm. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. I've never watched Downtown Abbey though. Like I've, I've heard about it for a long time, but is that, is it like Sherlock Holmesy or is this the midwife one? I can't, what is it uh, about? <laughs> So Call the Midwife is, I think, the midwife one you're talking about. And it's okay. I love Call the Midwife as well. Um, but Downton Abbey is um, basically this lord and lady in um, 19, I think it starts the first season in the 19-teens, like oh. 1915, 1916, and at, throughout the, the series it gets into the 1920s, I think. Um, but they are in um, England and they're supposed to be um, I think in the north, um, north of London or something like that. And they are on this old, um, oh gosh, I I mean, they live in an old abbey and it's called Downton Abbey. And so they've got these servants and times are changing. So it's kind of showing how their staff and like, it's just a really fun family. And there's all this 
um, kind of scandal that happens, you know, things that are considered scandalous for the 1920s. So, um, but I'm, I'm in love with it because I love, you know, anything that is, feels like, you know, period films or anything like that. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to, yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it's, I mean, it's totally bingeable too. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> definitely bingeable. <laughs> it is. Um, that's good. Now yeah. that we're going into fall and winter. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can, you can hold up and, and watch like six episodes. No. Yeah. Um, my favorite place to go. So um, this changes, of course, too, but I fell in love with the mountains in Colorado. We went to Frisco, Colorado for vacation last year. And just being there like that, that was amazing. It was quiet and it was just being in nature you were able to really hear yourself think. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Colorado is amazing. Uh, you're in Oklahoma, right? I am. Yeah. Just outside of Tulsa. Nice. Okay. So you're not too, too far, right? Kind no. of. No, <laughs> closer than I used to be. <laughs> um, if you ever want to, so I live in Oregon. I'm like an hour um, east from Portland, like out in yeah. the mountains. If you ever need like a cool place to visit, come see us and Take you oh, definitely. And... That would be awesome. Yeah. I've never been west of Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. So, like it's, okay, it's a really cool true. area. It, I guess I've been to Seattle like twice, but I flew. Like I've never been to Oregon, never been to California, <laughs> like anything <laughs> like that. I was like, wait a minute, I haven't been to Seattle. Like, yeah. Well, it's funny. <laughs> like a few weeks ago, I was on a podcast where one of my girls was in Maine. I was like, I've never been to the East Coast. And then she said Boston. And I was like, oh, wait, I have been to Boston. <laughs> 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 I feel like that part of the East Coast. Right. <laughs> you know, that one big city that's no, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, where can everybody find you? Uh, what's your website, social media? I'll put it all in the podcast notes and all that fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you can find me at workwithprocess.co. That's dot C-O. Um, a lot of people ask me if that's uh, a mistake. I'm like, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's workwithprocess.co. Right. Um, and then on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at work with process. Awesome. Yeah. I get the same thing. So mine's nb.marketing. Everybody's like, is that .com? And I'm like, no, it's just stop marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it can be confusing. So I'll make sure to put that on there. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, um, just sharing this time with us and your story and, and all your amazing tips. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. Awesome. Well, um, please enjoy the wine whenever you do get it. And thanks again. And I hope that we can meet in person one day. Yeah, me too. Are you going to, um, Nashville? I don't think so. I'm not hundred percent positive, but just being all the way in Oregon and I just don't know if it's going to happen. Are you going? I am. I actually used to live in Nashville. Um, oh, nice. Okay. I don't, I don't have anywhere to stay there with friends or anything, but I was just like, I know my way around, but I'm also going to be at the rise business conference, the sixth through the ninth. Mm. Yeah. The sixth through the ninth in Charleston. So I'm just making it one big long trip. Oh, that'll be fun. What cool like cities to go to as well. You know, like that's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah, I've never been to Charleston, but I, I used to live in Nashville. I lived in Nashville for eight years. So it'll, oh, it'll cool. be like something super unknown and then something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, no, I can't wait to see everybody's pictures, although I'm going to be like super jealous. But next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have to get Amber to host something on the West Coast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she had that poll and I was like, California, California. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, now that I'm 
uh, am not tied to a nine to five and somebody else dictating my schedule, I'll go wherever. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll work. Hashtag win. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you again and have a great weekend. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone.